What's good? What's shaking? What is up? Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton. I'm your host with the most. It's your boy, Avery Lewis McDougal. Woo! Well, that was a much better ending than last night's game, wasn't it? Edmonton walks away from Nashville, 5 3 victors in a game in which I was very much the Zach Hyman, Carter McDavid, and Leon Dreisaitl show. First off, Leon Dreisaitl. 29 points in his last 10 games against the Preds. Leon, yo, chill, sir. What did Nashville do to you? 29 points in his last 10 games. Oh, my good, yo. Talk about sunning an entire franchise. Now, he sunned the city of Nashville. He sunned their children. He sunned their grandchildren. He sunned their great, great, great grandchildren. That man is now the governor of Tennessee. I mean, <laughs> the run he has against this one franchise is crazy. It is something else. You got to... You gotta applaud it. You gotta applaud the dominance that Leo Dreisel has displayed towards the National Predators for the past few years here. It's amazing. You don't see guys in this modern era of the NHL being that dominant against one team anymore. It straight up doesn't happen now, but somehow, once again, McDavid is found, sorry, Dreisaitl goes into Nashville and has a heck of a game against this club. For some reason, I said, I said it last night. For some reason, he comes in and he takes his game up to another level whenever he plays the Predators. And it has been so much fun to see. It has been. You know, you know what else is fun? You know what else is fun? Helping out our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup Hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, and please play responsibly. After Leon Dreisaitl again took the Predators of town, Zach Hyman, second straight game where he has been a true difference maker in this game. Of course, Edmonton, the start wasn't what you wanted. Jack Campbell looked like a goaltender that hadn't played in a while, letting in the first goal, the first shot of the game. But what was big to me was the response after Campbell's first goal of the game. What I liked was the response of Campbell, I'm uh, sorry, was the response from Hyman, two big goals in the first period, and then Dreisaitl again, stepping up. It was, a, it was a big night in Edmonton. It's been a big night on the SDPN network. Yo, huge thumbs up to the Game Over Toronto crew for getting Dan O'Toole on their show tonight. After the win against Anaheim. That's a huge get for the Game Over Toronto crew. To bring in Mr. O'Toole 
on the podcast. Well done. Great stuff. Amazing. We keep leveling up. But you know what? I think Campbell will figure it out. I think Campbell, once he gets into rhythm again, he is going to find his game once again. That's right, pocket track. First goal, they go in off of off CC. But it's still tough, though, to see. First shot beating you. That's still tough no matter what. It's a very tough sight to see. But again, Edmonton responded well in this game. And now, they go home. They got St. Louis. They have Anaheim. So... That's a great way to end the road trip, though. A huge, a huge character win for this team. A, a big 5-3 win. And Zach Hyman, sorry, 6-3. And Zach Hyman gets his first career NHL hat trick. How do you not feel good for Zach Hyman? Someone in all game long. You could see him battling all game long. I turned down my ring light here. I don't want to wash myself out too much. <laughs> Zach Hyman, that was a huge, huge, huge performance for him. Like, oh, hang on. We're trying to navigate our ring light issues here at the... Avery Studio set. Uh-oh. That's real life problems right now, gang. That's that's real life with the ring light. You're watching production in action. <laughs> oh. You are watching production. There we go. You know what? I'm trying not to wash myself out too much with the ring light. Because, yo. We need the light. You need the light being a brother, but we don't want too much light on us. So anyways, back to Zach Hyman. He was someone who battled all night long, was around the front of the net, and that hat-trick goal just whacks away at the puck, gets it, gets it on net, gets into netter for his first career NHL hat-trick. And I was surprised, to be honest with you, I was a little bit surprised that he had never recorded a hat-trick as a Maple Leaf. So good for him, though. He's having another um, great season at Edmonton. And we all knew that Zach Hyman in that deal. We all knew in that deal. You were, it was vital to get the juice out of him in years one through three of that deal. And right now, he's delivered and then some. He has definitely stepped up in early parts of his contract. He has been amazing. <laughs> MGD, first, <laughs> first world problems. Hey, hey man. When you're in broadcast and you're you got a darker skin tone, you gotta make sure that lighting's perfect. You gotta make sure that lighting is um is good. So hey, that's how life is. But yeah, but also aside from uh, McDavid and Drysdale Hyman, please, of course, as always, this is a very interactive program. There are other players you feel had a great game, players you want to see more of, step up a little bit more. Feel free to comment in the chat and let me know on which players you felt delivered. Or you want to see more of tonight in Nashville. And now I see the comment here. Travis mentioning here. Oh, Altovechkin. Altovechkin is at 799 goals. With 20 minutes left to play right now in their game. And yo. Altovechkin. Safe to say he's going to break the record of Wayne Gretzky's 894 eventually. He's going to get there. I know it's on Orwell's point. But. We're on the verge of history right now in the NHL record books in which Alex Ovechkin is on the brink of hitting 800 goals and he will eventually pass Gordie Howe. That's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not an if, it's a matter of when. And that's going to be in a, a game or two when Ovechkin does hit 801 and surpass Gordie Howe on that mark of, of all-time goals record. So crazy to think that you're going to have a player who is 
most likely going to break Wayne Gretzky's 894. Because again, Alex Ovechkin has never really had any major injuries. He's had a couple of suspensions, but nothing any nothing really too lengthy. He's never really had major gold routes to hold him back from the record. Literally, what's held him back from not breaking Gretzky's record sooner has been lockouts. That's really why Ovechkin is is not closer to the mark of 894. Because he had to endure, literally. Because remember, he came into, he was drafted in 2004. Uh, didn't have 04 or 05. Didn't have 04 or 05. He didn't have um, the lockout. He had lockout in 2012, 2013. So he had a half year there. And then COVID. COVID. He had two shortened seasons. So he's had four seasons that have been altered due to a lockout or the pandemic. Imagine where he would be if he got 82 games for his entire career. He might be right now at what, 850, 860? I even be a way closer. I think he might, he probably would be at 860 if it wasn't for those four instances where, where he didn't have a chance to play. And yeah, great point, guys. Yeah, exactly. MG and Travis. Yeah, lockout didn't help. Didn't play in the All-Star game. That's why he was suspended. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really been it. So that's interesting. But yeah, Edmonton now. This is a, um, back to Edmonton for a second here. This is a big, really big character win for the Oilers in terms of get, getting points on the road. And again, right now, Edmonton, when coming into this game, they were in a wildcard spot above Calgary. And this is a, a race in which, again, I said it last night, Edmonton is... Battling in that wild card chase, trying to get one of those top three spots in the Western Conference, in the Pacific, sorry. And this is a big gut check win. As right now, with that win over uh, Nashville tonight, so they're still a wild card spot. Yeah, they're still in a wild card spot as it, as it stands right now. Or if I, not, please correct me if they're, I'm not. I know they were before the game tonight, they were still in a wild card spot, but. Yeah, they definitely want to get into that top three. Yeah, nope, still the wild card spot it stands right now. One point back at LA for third in the Pacific Division. Calgary is three points back at 13, 11, and 5. And Colorado and, and then beating Nashville. Nashville is way, is still on the outside looking in. Nashville sits 12, 12, and 3, 27 points. Colorado is 14, 10, and 2. Like, uh, this has been such a weird start to the year. I did not have Colorado and Nashville chasing Calgary and Edmonton for a wildcard spot almost 30 games into the season. I know there's a lot of hockey to be played and things can change in a week or a month. But coming upon Christmas, I dang sure did not have, I definitely did not have Colorado and Nashville on the outside looking in trying to track down Edmonton and Calgary for a wildcard spot. That was not my um, prediction. That really wasn't my prediction. Stra oh, some stranger is going on. Everybody's getting lots of loser points except Edmonton. Yeah, Edmont yeah, that's the thing about loser points. Edmonton hasn't really... Edmonton has yet to lose an OT game. And yeah, loser points, I mean, every other team has been picking up over the... Um, over the past little while here. And yeah, Colorado. That's a team that's been really hurt by injuries right now. Injuries have caught up to the Colorado Avalanche. 
Their goaltending isn't what it was from last year. So the Avs, you know, I admit, I had the Avs going deep again in the postseason. I thought they could overcome the changes on their roster. I thought they could overcome goaltending. But Colorado right now, they're struggling. They're having a really tough time right now. And yeah, Edmonton is one of the... <laughs> Edmonton has not lost yet. Yeah, Edmonton in the extra frame. They're the team you do not want to take to an extra session right now. You really don't. And in terms of... <laughs> In terms of, well, this is a funny stat. If you look at all Western Conference teams right now in the stands, Edmonton is the only team right now without an overtime or shootout loss in the entire in the entire Western Conference. Everybody else has some level of OT loser points, except the Oilers. The Oilers right now are not playing with Batman 500 or a Batman generated record with the overtime loss stuff, which is. Silly, and we may address that on a different episode of Game Over Edmonton. But yeah, Edmonton is at a true 17 and 13. So that's a bit of a funny point to point out there. And yet to go to and yet to go to a shootout. So something that the Oilers have a good record in historically, but yeah, it's a weird stat to point out there. You know what? You know what, Hater? That's not a bad thing to point out though. Mentioning Oilers are lacking depth. Because you know what? You're not wrong. You are not wrong in the fact that, again, offensively, I said it right off the top there. The offense was carried again by Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Hyman. It was your top guys, again, doing the majority of the work, doing the heavy lifting. It was those guys who were leading the way. Hyman, four-point night. Drysaddle, 5.9. McDavid, 4.9. I'm full credit, though. You get Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Nugent chip in. And he's having, he's having a, a good year. There needs to be more love for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who is on pace for a career high in points. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been out here chipping away, flirting with being a point-per-game player this year. Like I'm loving what Ryan Nugent Hopkins has brought out this year. As that old man of the roster. <laughs> you know, that still feels weird to say Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the old man of the roster. Because he's been here for 11 years, 11, 12 years now. He is, it's been the only team. He's been here since he turned 18 years old. And Nuge is only 29. He's only 29, but yet he's the elder statesman of his roster. <laughs> which, it still feels... So weird to say. I remember when Nuge first came into this league looking exactly the same. He is baby-faced like I am. But you know what? Hey, Nuge, embrace that. Embrace that. You know, I, I remember I covered, I covered Nuge when he was in junior. One of my first blogs I, I contributed to. I wrote about WHL stuff. And I remember covering Ryan Nuge and Hopkins with Red Deer Rebels. I remember covering him, covering him in Red Deer. I, I recall the hype in 2011 in his draft year over what, how much of a game breaker and a game changer he would be for any team that got him. And surprise, surprise, where did he go? Edmonton. Of course, some probably thought that he would be um, an 80, 90 point guy always. Hasn't been his game, but he has still been a very effective top six forward for the Oilers for over a decade. So 
Got to give kudos to him. And he's on pace now for a career high in points, just chipping away and being that major cog for the Oilers' top six when it comes to scoring. And you know, other other names. But yeah, and again, it's going to be big for Edmonton when they get guys back with the depth when they get uh, Fogel back, Ryan McLeod, Evander Kane. And those are three guys that this team does need when, when, when it comes to depth. Those guys do help you out when it comes to depth. Um, more importantly, you know, I'll mention Kane and McLeod, those are two guys who have been having great, when it comes to scoring, those are two guys who you definitely need. And then Fogel can chip in on the third line, third or fourth line when called upon. So yeah, when those, guys, when those three do return, it's definitely going to help out this team. It's definitely going to make an impact. But full credit, though, to guys like Clem Costin, who Clem, like Clem Costin, who has contributed, and Dylan Holloway again. Dylan Holloway has been working hard and a great effort. Didn't score, but did a lot of good things in this game once again. So I, I, I like when when and when Dylan Holloway gets his minutes, he finds a way to to battle when he gets his time. I know he only played nine twenty eight, but. He is someone where I want to see him get a little more time. Like Dylan Holloway, he he's usually around eight nine minutes. I want to see young Dylan get some more ice time because when he gets that time, he can shine. He uh, like yeah. we all saw him in the game against the Rangers against New York. We all saw that shot against the Rangers. He's got a bright future in this system and on this roster. So I want I would love to see him get some more time. Maybe it'll be against Anaheim. I think that'll be a great game to get Holloway. Some more playing time would be against the Ducks. A team that, once again, is showing that, you know what, hey, that rebuild is getting to them hard. So I would love to see a little bit more playing time for young Dylan, say, against the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, oh, we got it. Okay. There we go. I just see it. Travis is pointing the chat now. Well, we got 800. Alexander Ovechkin, 800 goals. Wow. Talk about a mouth. You know what? That's good for Ovi. There's some history here. While we're talking on Game Over Edmonton, Alexander Ovechkin has hit the 800 goal mark. That is great to see. You'll see third NHL player to hit that mark. You know, I feel that's good for him. Good for Ovi. The first European player to hit the 800 goal mark in league history. And at eight oh one is going to fall in a couple of days here, so I just want, I just want to see where he's going to end the year at now. I want to see where Ovechkin's going to end this season at. Because if he can end the year, if this year were to end at a thirty at forty, it'd be fun. Definitely be fun to see where he could go. So, anyways, I got to mention here just now. I saw a comment here about the goaltending. I think I definitely think now. I do think Stewart or Jack Campbell. I would go back to Stewart. I would go back to Stewart against the Blues. I I personally think that I personally think Woodcroft is going to alternate goaltenders once again. I think you're going to see Stewart against St. Louis, and I think you'll see Jack Campbell against the Anaheim Ducks. That's just me. My take. That's how I feel personally. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to give Campbell St. Louis. He should give Campbell 
Anaheim to get more of that confidence back again. Because, don't get me wrong, Campbell did make some good saves, but it wasn't consistent. It, it, was, it still felt a little bit shaky in terms of performance in that tonight. It wasn't bad, it wasn't great, but it was shaky. It was just enough to hold the storm down because Nashville was pressing. Nashville was battling in this game, as we saw. So I would definitely feel more confident if we do go Skinner, if, if they do go Skinner against the Blues, Campbell against the Ducks. Let Campbell feel, let Campbell feel the Anaheim team that has not won in that barely wins regulation. Great team, great great players. I I said last night, love Terry, love Zegras, but not a team that's going to win many games this year. Let Campbell have that, get some confidence back. And then next week, next week now is going to be interesting in terms of what you do in net again. So let's probably order the schedule here in terms of who they face before Christmas because they have a lot of, they have a few games against, a Western Conference game against some big names coming in before Christmas and after the Christmas break as well. I know at the end of the year, they're playing teams, they're playing Winnipeg, they're playing Seattle, they're playing Vancouver. These are games in which you got to get points against Western Conference teams. And you have to avoid the splits. You have to avoid giving up those those three-point games against Western Conference opponents. So let's just put the schedule here before we end the year. And wow, we're already, we're already in December and near the Christmas break. This season is flying, not just for the Oilers, but for our time on Game Over Edmonton. It's just a blasting here with you guys and talking and chit-chatting. So yeah, so... After St. Louis and Anaheim, next week they're back there. I'm back in the road again. Nashville again. <laughs> they're playing Nashville again in Nashville. So, Predator fans, I'm sorry. That might be a long night for you again with Leon in Nashville. Then they're in Dallas. Then they're back home to play Vancouver. On the road to play Calgary on the 27th, which will be the final game of the year against Calgary. The NHL schedule is still very funny in the fact that the Oilers are playing Calgary on December 27th, and that will be the last time they play unless they play each other in the postseason. I am not a fan of the NHL having a schedule in which the last Edmonton-Calgary game of the regular season comes in December. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not, you know, if you're going to have just three games in Edmonton-Calgary, why would that not be spread out a little bit more so that at least one of those games is in 2023? That's a really bizarre schedule, I still feel. I know it's not easy. I know being an NHL schedule maker is not an easy job. I wouldn't want to do it. I cannot imagine the amount of work it takes to build the league schedule, but it is what it is, I guess. And then they play Seattle on December 30th, and they end the year with a New Year's Eve game on Winnipeg. At 8 p.m., a late game against the Jets on New Year's Eve. And, heck, we know we know the New Year's Eve game for many years has been Edmonton's. Oh, woo, yo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is the Ring Light Show. This is, for many years, we know Edmonton's kryptonite has been playing on New Year's Eve. Whatever reason they don't win very often on New Year's Eve. It doesn't matter who it is, but hopefully 
they find a way to change that effort. They find a way to change that result and play a Winnipeg Jets team. <laughs> oh, yo. To play a Winnipeg Jets team that would that just lost to the Vegas Golden Knights. Winnipeg is battling for the lead in the Central Division. Bear with me. I'm sorry if you're listening on audio, you're probably going to wonder on the podcast what's going on with Avery's ring light because you, of course, can't, you cannot see this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google, but just know it was an adventure trying to get my lighting right. Just know that. And again, if you like, if you're a fan of SDPN, if you're a fan of Game Over, Edmonton or the Game Over series in general, please like, subscribe, and comment on the SDPN YouTube channel. Download our podcast on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts. You know, we have a, a bevy of shows that cover every team in every Canadian market from Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Toronto. It's a great group I work with here at the SDPN. So, it's fun stuff. It is very fun stuff. <laughs> Thanks, MGD. I appreciate you trying to boost the likes here. I appreciate the comments. I, I think, hey, and hey like, like I always say, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. You know, oh, we have some plans. We have some plans in the new year. We're going to have some we're going to have some guests coming in the new year on Game Over Edmonton. I can't tell you who just yet, but you're gonna. There won't be as many solo shows with me. We're we're cooking up some stuff to get some more guests coming on the podcast. So can't tell you who just yet though. But you're gonna like who we have coming for you on Game Over Edmonton in 2023. We always discuss who our who our guests will be, who we're gonna have coming on. We're gonna have some no names in the hockey world, some newcomers. Some people from Twitter who you definitely know if you follow people on Twitter who know all the Oilers inside and out. So I'm excited for that. You're gonna you're gonna have some fun with me chatting, with me chopping it up with some new people coming on Game Over Edmonton. And again, Dennis and Zach also do an amazing job. It's been a blast working with them over the past few months here. It's always fun, and we all we enjoy growing. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Appreciate that. Evander Kane, yes, please. No. You know, I will I will give full credit to Evander Kane. See Travis comment. I'll give full credit what he did with those kids. That was a great gesture by Evander for um helping the kids out. You know, that, that is a selfless act on his part. You know, you don't have to do that. Doesn't he doesn't have to do that, but he did so, you know what? I gotta give full credit there to Evander. That was a nice gesture in terms of what he did for the for those kids. You know, that's the one thing, you know, it is tough to get active players on podcasts. I know some, all depends on the market, but I think players could be a possibility eventually. All depends. All depends. So we'll, we'll write it down. We'll try and see what we can do to get players on the podcast. It might be a little bit tricky, but we'll see what we can do going forward when it comes to Game Over. I know, then again, hey, that'll tool popped on Game Over Toronto. So, hey, anything is possible in terms of, if we could try and get some Oilers players 
on the show. You never know. Like Justin Bieber said, never say never. <laughs> never say never. So anyways, we got the Oilers again, St. Louis. And the Blues are, and the Blues are a team in which... <laughs> St. Louis is another odd, odd team in which... I don't know what they're going to do with Jordan Bennington in St. Louis. I really don't know because when Bennington, when he's, when Bennington is on, he's a good goaltender. But lately, he has not been good. And of course, Jordan Bennington, in the past little week here, in the past, the past few weeks, sorry, has just been up to his old tricks of trying to channel Ron Hextall and Billy Smith, but Here's the problem with Jordan Bennington. You can't play that way in which you're tripping guys and poking at guys and slashing guys and punching guys and not stopping the puck. That's the thing you can't do. He's been a distraction, so I'm sure Orlando fans, you probably want to see Bennington play against Edmonton um, this week, weekend, or sorry, on Thursday, because if Bennington's up to his old antics, if Bennington does that against Edmonton, he'll be a detriment to the Blues. And overall, he has not had a good run. He has not had a good run lately. So it's one thing to be that kind of menace in the crease when you're playing well. But when you're not playing well and doing that, you can't do that. Craig Berube said himself, cut the antics out and stop the puck. So it's a good sign for the Oilers. If, they, if the Blues do go with Bennington over Thomas Grice on Thursday, and Bennington is up to his old antics again, it might be a long night for the Blues. It might be a long night if he is trying to do more than just stop the puck. So, we will definitely see how things will go on that game on Thursday night. Anyways, thank you all for tuning in once again to Game Over Edmonton. Like, subscribe, comment to the SDPN channel. It helps out everybody as a collective. Until next time, I'm out of here. Stay safe. Have a good night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.